Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, welcome to Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, welcome back into Ticket Weeknights. I am Harrison Arns on the ones and twos, running the board back here at the 1040 Ticket Studios. And again, if you guys ever want to join the show, feel free to do so through the Sarder Heyman text line. That's 402-464-685, as well as we're streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Allo Channel 961 if you want to put a face to the voice. And of course, as always, we've got the host, the Mornay Pure Sennel. Uh, it's been a while since we've talked. The coaching <laughs> carousel has definitely moved around. There's only two openings left. But nonetheless, morning. how's it going on this Thursday night? It's going good. Not too bad. You know, enjoying it. Nice, quiet night. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, kind of getting to that point here. We're, we're losing out on our NFL games, college basketball. We're starting to get a better idea on who those teams are going to be for the tournament. And, uh, of course, we do have some more football to look forward to in February uh, with the UFL as those two uh, leagues kind of united, which will be great because that's one of those sports where if it's not NFL, it's really tough to kind of make waves elsewhere. But nonetheless, for those two openings left, we have the Washington Commanders and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the Carolina Panthers would actually go for Dave Knauss. Uh, I think the idea there is pull him from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, try to pull some of the magic he did with Baker Mayfield on turning him into another productive season. I think they're just trying to find some magic for Bryce Young. What are you reading into that hire? Uh, I think that's completely it. Um, but I mean, with bringing him into the building, you got to give him some time. Uh, the last couple coaches haven't had too much, you know, to get things. Situ- well, the last coach, not necessarily <laughs> yeah. the last two. Um, so I, I think it's a good hire. I think it's a good fit. Mm-hmm. He's an offensive coach. Um, I mean, Baker Mayfield and, you know, Geno Smith, you know, the, the, those guys, you know, played well the last past couple of years and everything like that so i mean i i get it um just hopefully he's patient enough to you know let 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 him uh get what he wants in the building and and, and get things right if this hire goes wrong how much trouble are the panthers in the same trouble that they're in now <laughs> uh, it, just, it just depends on how long is it how long is he there like if he's there for you know three four years um you know that might be something different but uh that's somewhat of a depleted roster you traded away, you know, all your offensive weapons. Yeah. Um, you, you have a defensive guy that's probably going to leave somewhere in free agency. Y'all not going to pay him enough. Uh, so, I mean, y'all, they're pretty much back at ground zero building, you know, the foundation of the house. And the house is, you know, Bryce Young. Yep. And I'll be curious to see. I think out of all the, the coaching spots are opening, he's going to have by far the hardest. Good oh, luck. Easily. Um, you, you hope this time ownership lays out some sort of a leash or has an idea that this is going to take a while to turn around because there's, I don't think there's any sort of magic that any coach can do. I don't care if you got Bill Belichick in there, that, that pro that program um, is going to take a little bit of time to get going again, especially if Bryce young, isn't the guy you thought you drafted. If he, if you're not able to turn him around, um, it, it'd just be a bad time to be a Panthers fan. There's not a lot of excitement going on. So hopefully even, for him, even- he can fix it, but. Even even before you can get to, you know, is he the guy? Is he not the guy? Give him some help. Exactly. <laughs> like so, I'm I'm not even I'm not even touching that sentence. All you know, well maybe like no, it, like it, people just give up on things too easy. Like it's not necessarily his fault. In the year he's already been there, he already has a new offensive 
coordinator coach and a head coach. So mm-hmm. that's two systems. That's going to be two systems in, in two years. So he has to relearn everything again now and yep. make adjustments from that. So is that really him or are you not giving him the tools to succeed? That's just it. We, we've seen, I've used my bears as an example all the time, but you can pick a lot of pro teams out there when you mess up this quarterback ordeal and uh, you can't get him on a consistent system. Not only do you hurt your own draft pick, if you have any hopes of trading him, you're, you're already derailing your own stock value. So they got to really figure out a way to fix Bryce Young. I think for the hire, I do think it's a smart hire. There wasn't a lot of candidates out there, and I think that's kind of the best fit you're going to get. Try to fix the Bryce Young situation. Get a little more help, but I think it's definitely going to take time. We will get to the big one with the Los Angeles Chargers, but up next, Antonio Pierce. We've talked about him a little bit. Josh McDaniel's out. Uh, Pierce, he kind of built the building blocks on both sides of the ball. They really leaned into a run game. Uh, the quarterback situation ebbed and flowed. With the moving quarterbacks, but for the most part, I, th- I thought he did a pretty good job. I'm not in love with the hire, but I would I would honestly give it a a B minus. And real quick uh, to rank Dave Canales, I'd actually give that one an A minus just based on the what options you had and getting a guy that I think fits your needs. I wouldn't say A minus. I, w- I would probably give them a C plus B minus. Um, okay. For Dave because, yes, because he's an off he's an offensive coordinator. This you know he's stepping into a different role, it's a different hat that you have to wear. Um, and that comes with a lot. And then what he's stepping his stuff into. Um, I mean, it's a good, it's a good jump for him and everything like that. Like I said, mm-hmm. hopefully they can, they can give you that. Um, you know, he, he's, his play calling is excellent and everything like that, but it's going to take some time for that to, you know, really, really show up. He'll have hits and strides early on, but, uh, yeah, I, like I said, I'll get that one, you know, C plus B minus, um, for, uh, the Raiders, um, I think they got a passionate head coach that understands and allow, you know, people to play, uh, to express themselves. They, he's been there. He's, he's, he's won. He's won a a Super Bowl. He knows what it takes. He knows football. Um, and that's what you want. You want a relaxed environment to where kid, where, where the guys can really, you know, express themselves, get after it, make their money, you know, and they don't have to, you know, worry about, you know, uh, the, the outside noise or, you know, your head coach being necessarily uh, too uptight or just not um, a fit or there, there there's, you know, some arguments going on and everything like that. So far as culture wise for what he had to handle um, and how he handled it and to turn around everything like that in, a, in a, such a short period of time, uh, I would probably give them, you know, a B plus for sticking with him. He still has, you know, some stuff to do. Uh, address the offensive side of, you know, who's going to be, you know, slinging the ball and everything like that. And then getting, you know, a talented offensive coordinator to to bring out the identity on the on the offense. We we know what the defense is going to look like. Yeah, the offense was weird. Um, it just felt like you were going to have Josh Jacobs back and it took a long time to get him going. And he still never really got to what he was uh, the year prior. So I think that was just an interesting thing for the offense to figure out as a whole. Obviously, the Jimmy G situation we've talked about that that was a disaster uh, it improved a lot of haters right it, it just with jimmy g i think we did see san francisco 49ers offense is just really ideal for game quote-unquote game managing quarterbacks you don't need to necessarily ask your quarterback a lot uh, and it showed with jimmy g down there with the raiders he'll, he'll throw some balls every now and then that'll put your wide receivers um and adams in, in absolute danger where you hope they don't even go and attempt to grab it because they will get lit up just a few things with jimmy g but I do think uh, with the quarterback situation, getting offense, they've believing in Antonio Pierce. I think that the team just needs to gel and just kind of figure out their offensive identity. Defense was great. 
it absolutely ravaged the Chiefs at a point where the Chiefs were Raiders Chiefs or who's going to win the division. So I think he definitely got some building blocks there. And it's not a poverty franchise. You're going to have some guys to work around. Moving yeah. on to another team here. This one, a little bit surprising. We thought Bill Belichick was going to be possibly the candidate there. But the Falcons, they've moved on from Arthur Smith. Obviously, Raheem Morris is going to be heading back to Atlanta to be coaching for the Falcons. Uh, you know, that's that's a group right there where you got some guys. I, I think the obvious situation is what are you going to do with Desmond Ritter at quarterback? I don't think that's going to be a guy that's going to be consistently able to play the quarterback position. So you're going to have to figure out a way, uh, get a new quarterback, get some more pieces in there. Uh, but you definitely got some other Great pieces. For fields. <laughs> that's we might have to talk about that because that <laughs> seems to be the most lucrative trade out there. A Falcons desperately need a new quarterback. They got a new head coach, uh, a guy who was with them prior, moved on, and now was back for his head coaching job. Because uh, I believe he did have an interim stint there before they yeah. decided to hire someone else. And I think he went four and seven. So not great, uh, but obviously not a great situation to step into. But he's going to get another shot. What do you think about the Falcons getting Raheem Morris back into the building for his co head coaching job? Uh, I, I think, you know, they, they're they moving in a different direction. They, they wanted to, to change things. Um, his resume speaks for itself. Uh, you know, what he's able to do with defenses and, and the call games and mm -hmm. the the stars that have went to L.A. and the places that he was at to work with him, um, who speak highly of him and everything like that. I think that's definitely, you know, a plus for the Falcons to identify somebody like that and uh, be able to pull them from another historic franchise out in L.A. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think it would be good for them. Uh, but. It's not going to be an easy task. He has he has weapons on the offense and defensive side. Now you know you got to just figure out you know how your puzzle is going to look. Yeah. So this this is interesting to me because the only two jobs left now are the Seattle Seahawks and the Washington Commanders. Is Bill Belichick out of coaching? Do you think this is kind of it for Bill Belichick? Is he officially retired? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think he's retired. Um, okay. Cause there are there are defensive coordinator jobs out there now. I don't. I know it's Bill. He'll be around. He'll he'll consult or do something do something with with places and everything like that. Kind of what Dan Quinn has has been doing these last past couple yeah. years. Same thing that Vic Fangio has done after you know being released from a head coach. Um, you would think he wouldn't have to have that for you know his roster. I mean for for his resume. Um, it just depends, you know, on what on what people are looking at. I don't think that that's the end of it. I don't think uh, he's done coaching. I still think he has, you know, some some gas in the tank. I mean, because the defense wasn't the problem in in New England. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So um, I don't I don't know where he lands if it's you know a head coaching job or just a defensive coordinator job. Uh, but I don't think he's done. Yeah, I'm not. I I have a feeling like he will no longer be head coaching positions. I, I do think he'll still be attached to the league, but with those two openings left, I, I don't think he's going to the Washington commanders. It'd be the Seahawks, or I think he's done in terms of quote unquote head coaching. Maybe he takes a break and he comes back next season. If there's another opening, um, but the way I see it right now, I, I don't think we'll see Bill Belichick being a head coach for the first time in a long, long time in this upcoming season here. There's still time. There's still some things that could shift around, but as it sits right now, it is weird to think we might enter next year's NFL season and Bill Belichick might not be coaching an NFL team. Moving on here, obviously, the really big one. This one, 
is a little bit of surprise, maybe to some, maybe not to others, but Jim Harbaugh, he is heading to the Los Angeles Chargers. I know there was talk there. Some people were thinking Bears, but they decided to keep Eberflus. Um, And then obviously, all his spots kept filling up. He does land with the LA Chargers. We've talked about it before. It seems like the best fit. I have no problems. I think this is an A-plus hire. I think anyone who could have got Jim Harbaugh for whatever you think of him morally, I don't care. He he knows how to coach. He's shown Period. it everywhere he's been. Period. How much does this move the needle on the Chargers, and where are you at with this hire? Uh, it's, a, it's an A. <laughs> it's a for, for sure <laughs> yeah. an A. Uh, I mean, he was, the, he was the hottest name, you know, on, on the market. Um, depending, you know, what they do defensively, because uh, some of their defensive guys, you know, are hitting that, you know, third, that third year of their contract to where, you know, pretty much most of the guaranteed money is mm-hmm. already, you know, done and over with. So you can see, you know, a Khalil Mack traded. Uh, we've already seen, you know, a J.C. Jackson traded earlier this season um, to, re- to relinquish some things and everything like that. Um, he's going to change things up. Um, I think it's going to, you give him, I think next year they're a playoff contender, um, in the next few you in the next few years, depending, you know, what they look like on the defensive side. Um, I think that, I think they're a AFC championship contender in a few years. Um, but he has to, he has to move around some things, uh, offensive wise. I mean, it's the, probably the best move for Justin Herbert period. Um, and um, the, the sky will probably be the limit. He will push him uh, to, you know, places that we haven't seen him. And, you know, he's flashed or I think he will be, you know, more consistent. Um, I think, you know, he'll get the right guys around him on the offensive side. Um, and there'll be, you know, a, a mean fighting grit um, powerhouse organization again. So, uh, so it, it's it, it's just it's just a matter of, OK, well, how long is it going to take? For him to you know change things around, is it going to be two years? Is it going to be three? Um, I don't think it'll take. I don't think it'll be too long. But um, they have a lot of pieces. They have young pieces that are you know haven't signed a second contract. Um, so I mean, he he has a system. He has a formula. Uh, everywhere he's been, he's won. So I just don't know how long it's going to take. But he's going to change it around. Yeah, I'm going to guess sooner than later. He he's got the pieces. We've talked about it ad nauseum. Out of all the the spots that were open. The Chargers got the most ready to go that you can go play, compete, and take a shot at the playoffs. If you're a good coach and you get those guys organized uh, quicker than later, there's enough player and talent there. And I'm really excited to see what does he do with the run game there. You know, I felt like they didn't use Eckler enough at times. What can he do with that run game uh, that was really explosive in the year prior? This year, not as great. And I kind of got away from it. I think he'll bring that back. Again, once again, you don't have to put all that pressure on Herbert, which I think has kind of been a problem, especially when you got wide receivers getting hurt all the time out there. Uh, it wasn't ideal to have a very heavy passing game, and you got wide receivers getting hurt all the time, and the run game was taking steps back. So I think bringing him up there, that's going to do a lot of help. It's going to give you a little more of a balanced look, kind of what the Bills figured out. I know they still lost to the Chiefs, but they did figure out that balanced look, and it looks great in that first half against the Chiefs, but the run game uh, did kind of get stopped in the second half, and I think that's why the Bills ended up losing it. But this does leave the Michigan job open. And then Sharon Moore the, is going to be expected head coach. I'm pretty much it's all said and done here at this point. You're seeing tweets 99.9% sure. Uh, the offensive line coach for Michigan. Moving on, he was that interim while Jim Harbaugh was out with the penalties. But he's going to have a spot to take this program in the same direction 
that Jim Harbaugh was doing and what do you have for belief in Michigan that this team isn't going to falter too much? Uh, I mean, you, you had a guy who's been there, who's, who's, who's been under Harbaugh. He was, you know, the assistant head coach for, for a reason. Um, so he understands, he knows how to make decisions, assess things. Um, he'll put people in the right position. I think Michigan is, uh, in the right hands. Um, now it's just, you know, can't do the kids believe in him to continue to get the type of talent that they, you know, have wanted and whatnot, um, to get there. But I mean, I think they'll be fine. It's just, you know, uh, he has to go out and pretty much make a name for himself. And it's just not under the, you know, the Harbaugh umbrella, but I think they'll be fine. I like him as a coach. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. We, we've kind of seen this with Alabama, obviously, when they lost Nick Saban. You see the mass exodus through the portal. Um, some of these Michigan players, be curious to see what they end up doing here as we get closer to spring ball. But I do think Michigan, we've kind of seen, I think it'll be a lot like the Ohio State thing. I don't think they'll take massive steps back. If it is the case, it'll be like a five-year thing before they really hit reality on where that coaching is at. But they're going to have enough guys. I don't think the, the players are going to hit the portal. They all seem to really love him, and they're happy he's the guy taking over. So it does make me think it's not going to be like Alabama where they're caught off guard. They yeah. they seem to kind of understand this going into it. And now they got a guy that they, like you said, he he is the assistant coach for a reason. They have good connections with him. They won when he was coaching while Jim Harbaugh was out. So pretty feel-good situation there. And I don't expect Michigan to fall off anytime soon. Maybe five, four years. We'll see what happens. But next year, I'm still expecting a really competitive Michigan team. No doubt about it. But we do have to go ahead and throw it to our first break here. On the other side, we'll talk maybe a little more NFL, some Husker basketball as well. And maybe we'll go ahead and select. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the Olympic pool that's out there, the Mornay Pearsonell. Yep, Alex Caruso, as they're building up this Olympic team, what I want you to do is on this next break, uh, pull that up, and we're going to try to build out of the roster of about 40 players, pick our starting five for the Olympic basketball team roster. The guys are going to give us the best shot to go ahead and win a gold medal because you're hearing it a lot with basketball in the U.S. Uh, Miles Turner, the track athlete, you're not the world champions, you know, with the NBA finals being called world champions. The U.S. and basketball has been getting called out a lot. So let's try to put the best five all together, a team that's certain we can win the gold and tell the rest of the world that the U.S. is still the best basketball country in the world. But we got to do it first. We got to select the roster and we'll do that in the next upcoming segment. So don't go anywhere. Don't punt our Harrison Arns on the ones and two. DeMornay Pearson, I'll stream it in. We'll talk to you guys on the other side. Back to the Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back into Ticket Weeknights. I am Harrison Arns at the ones and twos here at the 1040 Ticket Studios. And again, if you guys ever want to join in on the show, starter Heyman text line, that's 402-464-5685. We do have the host as always, the morning personnel streaming in. And before we went to break, we were breaking down the U.S. Olympic pool of about 41 players. And when it comes to basketball, I feel like the U.S.'s name has been challenged more than ever. Uh, we need to start doing I shouldn't say we need to start doing stuff because I'm not the one playing. But in terms of basketball, we need to start showing up more in the Olympics. It's just tough. The rest of the world's getting better. We talk about the best players in the NBA. Luka Doncic, foreign. Jokic, foreign. Giannis Antetokounmpo, foreign. Joel Embiid, foreign. But he's actually going to be Team USA. So we can count him this year. Um, but it's kind of leaning that way. You look at all these foreign players coming into the league. And they're not only good, they've been dominant at times. Especially when you look at the MVP awards through the past few seasons. It's very heavy European. With that being said, 
Demarty Pearsonell. Let's go ahead and draft five, our starting five. And then once that name is gone, you can no longer draft it. So we can't obviously can't have the same players on each of our starting five. And we'll try to build the best starting lineup. And I'll be generous. I'll go ahead and give you the very first pick. No order. You can start with a point guard or center. I'll let you choose. Uh, Okay, first I'll go point guard. Uh, give me Chris Paul. You're taking Chris Paul? Yes. You know, I thought about him as a good, because when it comes to that style of ball, you need some unselfish players in there. But I went with a guy who's also unselfish, but he's a lot better off the ball, especially as of late. But I'm not going to take him yet because you took him. So give me the center. Give me Joel Embiid. <laughs> I'm going to take Joel Embiid out of the mix before you can grab him. <laughs> it's us now baby let's go he joined the he joined the right side so we got Joel Embiid at the five you got Chris Paul at the one at the two give me Steph Curry all right there that's that's the first wrench you threw at me because that was going to be my guy that's, wanna, that's a good one too. you want to dive into that why or, or you want to dive into that after we can yeah I'm curious that's very small that is a very small one too Break it down. How's that so gonna work? Your European ball is different. You know, they they're 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 it's different. Fat it's a faster pace, different type of game, and everything like that. Uh I went with Steph at two because he doesn't have to worry about bringing up the ball, setting up things and everything like that around. Steph is really good with running around, catching and shoot. So now mm -hmm. just put him in that position to where all he has to do is focus on is either defense or shooting and scoring. Both of those two guards are pretty okay with uh defense and guarding stuff um uh beyond you know be up beyond out of the paint and everything like that so the defense is all right but i gained both uh you know chris ball can create a shot his own self he's good at three points he's good at mid-range he's good at free throws he can create shots for every for any and everybody else so if, if he got to do it himself he can if he needs to dish it to steph steph it doesn't matter where he's at on the floor he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna shoot so I'll free up Steph, and Steph is scoring from wherever. He doesn't have to worry about bringing up the ball. Okay, so you got your guard. At least I'm in a comfortable spot now. I like your argument. I, I can see it. I think you're going to get embodied a little bit on that European-style ball. Uh, as soon as that, we'll see what you're you – starting five. I'm not uh, – that's not going to be the, the whole five of the game. I just, you know, the, okay. an, advantage okay. late, an advantage, you know, <laughs> late in the game, if my five is out there, I got shooters. That's fact. You do got shooters. But that being said – I'll take a shooter with some height. Give me Kevin Durant. Damn. <laughs> I knew you were taking him. I knew you were eyeing KD. I had to get him off the board. I want KD. Um, we'll add him with a mix of Joel Embiid. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, you go there. Three, uh, give me uh, Tatum. I'll take Tatum. Tatum's fine. He's, at, he's a great. He's more than fine. That's the guy I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was either him or Kevin Durant. Um you know, Tatum has length. Again, he's a he's a defensive guy. Um, he's a he's a bigger he's a bigger guy. You can rotate him. You know, one through three, either either or. Um, when the game comes, you know, down to it and whatnot. I mean, he's a person that can get a bucket. Yep. Okay. So you're gonna pull him from me. That is tough. So I right now I currently got LeBron and Embiid. You have Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Tatum. Man, that's a lot of good shooting on that roster right there. Whoever's playing them better D up. Um, okay. I want to pick him because he is who he is. I mean, he's he's called a lot, he's got a lot of nicknames. He's been around forever. 
I know you'll take him if I don't pick him up. But I might I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and do it. I'm gonna take him before you get to him. Give me LeBron James. He's gonna be drafted. I got LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Joel Embiid. I just need a guard and uh a forward. Oh. <laughs> Oh, uh, you're pissing me off. You're pissing me <laughs> off, okay? You are pissing me off. Okay. You want to do that? Just give me Kawhi. And they're, they're, uh, okay. they're, they're, they're healthy, right? They're healthy? Every Yeah, we're assuming they're healthy. You got a phone call there. <laughs> it's all good. I hung up on it. Don't worry about it. Ah, okay. Uh, give, me, give me Kawhi. Again, another defensive guy. You can, you can rotate him. Uh I'm again defense. You you gotta guard people. All these people are used to you know guarding somebody and still being able to get a bucket. So I'll take that win. I'll take that. Yeah, Kawhi is a good one. That uh, that was gonna be my next one. Um, okay, let me see if I can find someone in the front court just to mess you up because I, I got my guy at the point. I'm not gonna have to worry about you too much. I'm at four. I'm I'm good. I did. You're not even worried about the person I'm thinking of. So I'm I'm straight. Yeah, I'm worried about. Yeah, I'm. So I can get here. Let me go ahead and grab. He's young, Mm -hmm. but he's been playing really well. Go ahead. Take Devin Booker. It's okay. Go ahead. No, I'm not taking Devin Booker. We need size. We need more size. Give me Chet. I'm going to take Chet Holmgren. Okay. Yeah. Give me, give me a really lengthy shooter. Um, You, you throw him in there with Joel Embiid and LeBron James. I'm curious to see what that looks like. Uh, cause you're going to get a guy that can stretch the floor a little bit. So give me Chet Holmgren. And then I got my last guy later, but go ahead and pick yours. My last guy, uh, go ahead and give me, uh, AD. You're lucky. We're assuming they're healthy. <laughs> that's, why, that's what I asked. That, that, that's what I asked. Yes. That's that. I, I went AD. Yeah. All right. Fair. Um, AD good grab. Give me Dame time. I'll take Dame time. Okay. You can do that. That's 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 fine. I'm I'm not not mad at it. It's a good pick. Okay, this is this is a looking at your roster. I'm actually that's a solid roster right there. I could see these two going to a game seven. These are actually really balanced rosters. 402, 464, 5685, uh team Harrison or team DeMornay. You guys can decide who wins it. At the one, I have Damian Lillard, I have Kevin Durant, oh, LeBron James, Chet Holmgren, and Joel Embiid. You have Chris Paul, Steph Curry. Jason Tatum, Kawhi Leonard, and AD. Your front court rounded out really well. Uh, I was I was feeling pretty good. I thought you messed up with Chris Paul, number one overall. I thought I thought that was horrible. I thought you were gonna throw off the whole draft, uh, but you definitely saved it there with the front court. He's a, he's a he's a floor general. He you know he he's gonna get people in the right place, and he can still get you twenty easily. Um, he can create shots himself, and he can create shots for other people. So he can get by anybody still. Um, you know what I'm saying? So you, you're going to have to worry about him. He can get you in foul trouble. He can cause, you know, attention to a getting by people and everything like that. And again, you're, you're going to have to, you're going to have to stand by, stand by Steph. So if you don't, whatever you do, he's pulling. I, Steph don't got to worry about dribbling. All he got to do is worry about shooting. So I'll take it. Okay. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. Okay. Looking at these rosters, do you have a good idea? Do you feel like this would be close or do you think your team pulls away? I don't know because your 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 squad's a little heavier. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the size. We're playing and, that foreign ball. Embiid Embiid is is a tall test, but I, I'm interested to see how him and AD will go. 
Um, that that is a very that that's a good matchup that I would want to see. Um, Kawhi is on LeBron already. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. Uh, yes. I really hurt my LeBron pick. I'm, I, uh, I, I, <laughs> or 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 even you know I I, I can put you know uh, Kawhi on uh, on um, Kevin Durant either or him and Tatum. That that's yeah. fine. I, that again I, I I'll take that. So um, KD would be your toughest matchup. You could that, probably sacrifice understanding. I was so mad that he was my next pick, and you talking. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, ah, like that hurt. I think these are too close. So with that being said, you typically are going to go at least three man deep into your roster. Let's go grab three more guys to see if we can kind of push the boundary here. Depth guys that will add to your base. Um, I had the last pick with Damian Lillard. So it is back to you. We are now building three man deep in the bench. Three guys that are going to get consistent minutes in this run. Oh, give me Bam. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I'm okay. You take Bam. I was looking at someone else. Okay. Someone else absolutely stuffed Victor Wembanyama at the height of his jump. Uh, so I'll, I'll definitely want him. Um, Bam, he would. It's a great pick though. But that being said, if you're gonna take Bam, I'm gonna stay away from that guy. I don't want to pick him. Um, go ahead, give me. We're just gonna bring all the guys back together. Kyrie Irving. Okay. You take Kyrie. Give me Jimmy Butler. Okay. Good one. Give me Jared Allen. Give me Anthony Edwards. You're killing me. I think, <laughs> I think you might have won. I think you might have won this backup. Um, okay, there's. I got some good names left. You know what? Donovan Mitchell. Give me some size. Give me some size. Not the James Harden size. Some bulky in shape size. So I'm going to take Donovan Mitchell. Uh, all those, all those dudes are tall. Bam is an energy type of player. He is change up. He can play four or five. I'll, ta I'll, I'll take that. Uh, you know. Uh, Anthony is a is a freak uh, of nature. You know, he's everything we expected Zion to be. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll take that. He can play, you know, one through four or, you know, either or that's fine and dandy, you know. And yeah, so I, I like my pick. I'm cool. Yeah, you're um, I think you might have got me on the bench there. You, you grabbed Jimmy Butler and Anthony Edwards. The, the only guy that you didn't grab that I wanted was Jared Allen, but uh, yeah, Jimmy Butler, Anthony Edwards, that's some really great depth. I thought about even just taking Jimmy Butler for my starting five, because like you said, that's a guy that doesn't mind. You can tell him to play ugly yeah, basketball, and he'll do it. He doesn't care. Like, he will play the grittiest, grossest basketball. Him, 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 him and Kawhi Leonard are like 1A and 1B. So yeah. I, had, I had Kawhi, so I was like, all right, if you if you would have took Kawhi, then I would have went and got Jimmy. But I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not worried about it there. I went kind of after, you know, defensive guys and, you know, guys that can get a bucket. Um, like I said, this again, it's a different type of style of basketball. Um, but it's just not about scoring. You got to be able to stop people. So that's why the bench, they were all taller. I'm like, I, I, Chris, Chris was the shortest one. Yeah, I think I might have messed up drafting LeBron. I forget we're we're in a pocket. I don't. There's not a ton of LeBron fans out here. Um, as Cheeseburger points out, Team DP LeBron will flop and cry the whole game and possibly get teed up. So he's going with you on that one. I think I win the starting five. I think you got me on the bench. I think your bench defense is scary. I, I think it'll be a lot closer. The only one that I'm really scared of is uh, Kevin Durant. That is yeah, it. just the matchup, the size wise. That, 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 that is it. Like if you're that, truly that is, going. With those starting five, and you're not plugging in those subs yet, that is a Chet, matchup Chet, problem. Who, who, who is who is who is Chet gonna stop? He's not stopping AD. AD's busting him. I'm not worried about that at all. 
No, that's Joel Embiid AD's the matchup on that one. You're if I'm I'm throwing Chet on Tatum, LeBron on Kawhi. Chet and Tatum is the best chance Chet's gonna have to stay alive out there. He's I can't I can't put Chet on Kawhi Leonard. I don't well, maybe. We'll see what kind of game Kawhi's looking to have. If he's having the ball, demanding the ball a lot, um, then I'm I'm not so sure if I want Chet down there on him. But if he's just kind of playing that role player and he check and hang around the rim. If he okay if Chet is on Kawhi, Kawhi is taking him to the deep end and he is Fighting for survival. He's not going to have the strength of. Bale. I think you kind of forget what Kawhi is. A healthy Kawhi to where it he you can mold him to be whatever. He he can stop you and then still go get you twenty five. You're no, you're actually exactly right on that because Kawhi Leonard is secretly having one of the best seasons of his entire career. Kawhi okay. Leonard is absolutely balling right now. Um, in the Clippers, I know we're still plenty far away. Keep your eye on the Clippers. They 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 could be interesting when it comes to playoff time. They got some guys. Still not a fan of way off P. Paul George, if you if you didn't catch that one, that was during the COVID P. game. <laughs> that wasn't me. I couldn't believe an announcer said that during a game called him way off P. But nonetheless, that is our Olympic pool of the forty one players. Obviously, um, when it gets down to crunch time, that list will get smaller and smaller. But as it sits right now, I think the starting five between us is pretty close. I would give you the edge on the bench and you got cheeseburger signing up for team DP just for the simple fact that I have LeBron James, no other reason. But with that being said, we'll go ahead and throw it to break here. This is the don't punt hour with the morning personnel. I'm Harrison back at the ticket studios. We'll talk to you guys on the other side. Back to the ticket weeknights on 93, seven, the ticket and the ticket FM.com. All right, welcome back into the final segment of the Dome Punt Hour here on Ticket Weeknights. In the spirit of basketball, since we kind of broke down the Olympic pool of 41 players that they are going to be choosing from for the Olympics, let's keep it on basketball. Nebraska Hoops, they beat Ohio State pretty handedly at home, 69-83, to and it was rink mass game. He absolutely had his hands all over that game. 34 points, 6 of 8 from 3, 13 of 17 from the floor, 2 for 2 from the free throw line, 10 boards, make it a double-double, 4 assists, 2 blocks, only 1 turnover. Um, Rank Mast was absolutely incredible that game. It was a heat check moment where he even had a step back, crossover, and chucked it up, went straight through, nothing but net. Uh, it was definitely the Rank Mast game. And just shooting stats, once again, Nebraska, 49% from the field, 51% from three, rounded up to 52%, 75% from the free throw line. This is multiple games now where Nebraska basketball shot over 50% from three. It, it's kind of becoming a pattern of really, really good shooting. There's a couple eyesores, Wisconsin and Iowa. Um, in, in Wisconsin, they didn't shoot poorly. It's just Wisconsin shot even better. But there isn't a whole lot of games where you see Nebraska struggling to shoot the ball. And I'm, I'm going to keep pointing this out because I think it is kind of telling that this offense right now seems to really be finding its stride. Mm-hmm. You can just go through these these shooting stats. They are really starting to knock down shots at a high volume and at a really high level. But with that win, it puts Nebraska 15 and five, finally above 500 in conference play, five and four. What does this mean for you in terms of Nebraska? Uh, just kind of breaking down the game and what's your hope for this future? I mean, this has been, I think, 90 91 season was the last time we had this good of a start. Um, things are moving in a, in a, in a good direction. Um, there's still a lot of basketball left to play. Um, conference, you know, you need, need to establish you no know, more dominance. Uh, overall, you know, the overall record's fine and dandy, but uh, you, we got to get to Big Ten first. And, uh, you know, so just continue just to beat the teams that we're supposed to beat the teams. 
um, you know, make it the uh, make it our type of games, even against the teams that, you know, we aren't picked against, um, you know, still a couple of those uh, get continue to like, you know, be in the swing of things and just understand, you know, the type of game that they're trying to play um, and just, you know, in the season or, you know, going into the, you know, the, the tournament, um, just understanding, you know, what type of team that they are, what type of game that they like to play. And, uh, you know, just continue just to climb the ladder. Yep. And uh, luckily at this point in time, climbing the ladder should, looks like it should come pretty naturally for this team. As we talked about it before, rink mass, but CJ Wilcher has been playing really well too. And I'm glad this isn't the season where it all is just going to fall on Tominaga's shoulders. I was a little worried of that, losing some of the key guys, but everyone's really stepped up in a major way. And rink mass, Josiah Alec, um, they've been playing well. Josiah Alec, especially in the role with John Gary out. I thought he's done pretty well with that. But yeah, you're just getting a lot of production from all over the court. But as you kind of pointed out, there's still one thing left for this team to prove is win on the road. Mm-hmm. If you want to go to the tournament, that is a big thing they look at. How do you play on the road? Uh, because the entire tournament's on neutral sites. So if you're not winning any games on the road, which unfortunately is kind of the case for Nebraska right now, in terms of conference play, they don't have any. They have that one against Kansas State. But for the most part, want to know at neutral, only one win on the road. They really need to go out and win on the road in football, what was so challenging about winning on the road? Was it the fan base? Is it just not having the day routine? What is it that throws it off so much that even in betting odds, they're going to be, if you're on the road, it's a three and a half split in terms of football basketball. It's about a three point give as well. What is it about playing on the road? And is it any different in basketball? Cause we've talked about the big 10 right now, but it's insane how many of these quote unquote, good big 10 teams cannot win on the road. Uh, I feel like for football, um, the hardest thing was just, you know, everybody being on the same page. Uh, Sometimes, you know, teammates might get distracted or might not be, uh, you know, all the way, you know, locked into, you know, what the assignment and what the task is. And um, that that would kind of hurt. With us, it wasn't necessarily that teams were just that much more talented uh, than us. It was more so of us doing things, shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, with basketball, it's constant change. Uh, you know, it's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, so it's just, uh, just I, I think with them, it's just establishing, you know, making sure that everybody's comfortable and establishing, you know, the type of game that they want to play. Um, if you get the crowd out of it, if you get, you know, if you're playing your game early and uh, you're hitting your shots, rebounding, you're more physical, um, you know, you're you're dominating them. You know, you take the crowd out of it. The crowd, you know, feeds off of the, the players on the court. So if, if you're maintaining and taking the energy out of it, um, that should, you know, help you play on, on, you know, on the basketball side of stuff. But also, you know, having the crowd involved actually it like helps, you know, with the energy and everything like that. But um, it's just it's just it's just a two different types of uh, of energies. Football is a little bit more slower and more physical. Um, ba- basketball is a more f- uh, faster, upbeat, constant change. It can it can, it can go either way. Um, so you know, I feel like basketball they have to establish you know what they want to do early. Um, you know, if that's boxing out, offensive rebounding, and everything like that. Uh, you know, physically, you know, driving, uh, drawing fouls on the other team that that can slow down. Nobody nobody in basketball wants to be physical. They don't. Yeah. Uh, so you know, if you if you can establish that early and often, I feel like that would only help them. You know, later. Um, later on in the game. Yeah, and you talked about no one wants to play a physical team. I think that's how they beat Purdue. 
We, we talked about it after the game. They went right at Edie. They were physical. They were aggressive. They weren't scared to attack the rim. And guess what? It put Edie in foul trouble early. He had to leave the game, finish the first half with two points. They did not like us coming at them as aggressive as he did. And this is big. They are going to have to figure out how to win on the road. I don't care what it is. Maybe you play more physical, uh, but it's the shooting as well. That Iowa game was a big eyesore. That was really indi- uh, indicated towards the bad shooting on the road. 15% from three compared to like we talked about. This guy, this team's been shooting about 50% in multiple games now, but they're going to have Maryland on the road. Not necessarily a great Big Ten, Big Ten team, probably in the bottom tier. Wisconsin, 13 ranked Wisconsin. Redemption shot at home, but then you have a good Illinois team on the road. A good Northwestern team. I know we beat them, but that's a good team. If they can start shooting the ball well, uh, they can beat anyone out there. So Northwestern on the road. And then you kind of lay up into an easier part of the schedule with Michigan, Penn State, Indiana, Minnesota, Ohio State, Rutgers, Michigan. So the end is actually, quote unquote, the lesser teams of the Big Ten. But you're going to have a brutal stretch of road games here with Illinois, Northwestern, and Maryland. You have to find a way to get one of those wins. If you want to go to the tournament, not the NIT, the tournament, be a team that's locked in. You have to get one of these road games. And like you said, win the games you're supposed to. But I'm still confident in this team. Uh, I like how everyone's kind of clicking right now. That was a huge game from Rink Mast. I only expect more of that. But with that being said, that's going to go ahead and wrap up the Dump Punt Hour. That is the morning Pearson now. I am Harrison Arns on the ones and twos. And appreciate you guys listening, but don't go anywhere. We got What's Brewing with Chancellor Brewington up next. Thanks for listening.